Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Today's episode featuring WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I is jam-packed with tons of breaking news. With Dean Ambrose's WWE contract ending on April 30th, we got the first glimpse of his post-WWE career at the stroke of midnight on May 1st. Dean Ambrose is dead. John Moxley is back. But where will he end up? Plus, UFC President Dana White announced that Brock Lesnar is officially retired from the UFC. Is this the best career move for the former WWE Universal Champion? About 12.05 in the morning, I turn on the old Twitter machine, and there that video was. The video that everybody's talking about. The Dean... Ah! Ah! Whoop! Ah, you're a little out of line. You're a little out of line. I mean, the Mox video. Man, that two and a half minutes grabbed me pretty well. I was interested. I was invested. I liked it. What did you think? So like you said, roughly 12.01 this morning, we got the return of John Moxley. So this is causing quite a rift over the pro wrestling community and you're right it was trending overnight how big this video was and you're right watching it and i'm going to be completely honest with you i got up late this morning i fell asleep uh after smackdown wwe programming does help me fall asleep from time to time (laughs) especially this past week uh i got up late bully so i usually take the train and and on my train ride is when I usually start doing my preparation for the show. I had to drive in this morning. So when I get in, I see Alex as I walk in the door, and Alex is like, have you seen the Moxley video? And I'm like, what? And he showed it to me. And again, we talked about this with the Cody Rhodes promo just a few days ago. There's certain things when it comes to pro wrestling that get you excited and get the blood flowing. And as you just said, that minute and a half video certainly did that for me so let's take a look at the three things that we've seen and there might be more i might but these are the three three things that are just sticking out in my head buddy mm-hmm. so we got the dustin Rhodes promo yes. correct? yes we got cody's rebuttal yep we got moxley's video last night every single one of them was completely different and the version of those guys that they want to portray to the wrestling universe, correct? Yes. Have you ever been able to connect to these three guys more than you were able to connect to these three guys? I mean, other than Cody, because Cody's been out on his own. But like with with Dustin and with Moxley, when was the last time you were so in to these two wrestlers? Well, the last time that I was disinvested in Moxley is when we first saw The Shield. So you're talking years. 
And then with Dustin Rhodes, it's probably you have to go back maybe even well over a decade to kind of trace that back as well. Meaning like to get to answer your question, years. In in both instances, it, you would have to you're not gauging in days or weeks or months, you're gauging in years. So the, the the video blew me away because I found the innuendo uh, throughout the entire video uh, amazing. There, there's a big dog chasing him through uh, the yard. He's breaking out of. Oh, he's he's actually breaking the walls down. And in breaking the walls down, what is he creating? He's creating cracks in the walls. I don't know where we've heard that before. Um, and then the big dog is chasing him, and he basically has to break out of prison. I mean, what prison could he possibly be talking about? Oh, jeez. I mean, they, <laughs> you 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 want to talk about innuendo? <laughs> you know, and the video is one minute and twenty seven seconds. There's probably a dozen little things you could probably read into. And let's start from the beginning. I feel like we're breaking down this last Star Wars trailer, well, where we go frame by frame. Well, here's the thing. What not that what hardcore fans do? Absolutely. I'm you, agreeing. You, you just mentioned Star Wars, and I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I'm not blind. Whenever there's a trailer that comes out for a new Star Wars movie or a new Avengers movie, all the fans do is break it down. Try to find the little, I get what they call them, Easter eggs that possibly could be in that trailer to get you excited for when the movie comes out. I want an Easter egg. I want an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back and, and and I'm gonna start from this from the beginning. All right. I'm I'm as we're talking right now, I'm watching this this Moxley trailer. Now it first starts off with the prison wall with, you know, the marking off the days of how long he's been in prison. And there are a crap load of days that he's marking off on that prison wall, which makes me think of all the time that he was possibly in the WWE, which to me is like, like you said, the prison itself is probably the WWE. And he is just going crazy, pacing back and forth. And like you mentioned before, he starts breaking the walls down of the prison and he escapes. Uh, Am I pretty much, you know, comparing your your thoughts when I'm describing that? Uh, absolutely. I think we're going to be on the same page 100% when it comes to breaking down what this video meant. And then you talk about the yard and he's running across the prison yard and the big dog is chasing him across the prison yard. And and what does that prison yard uh, insinuate what's the innuendo with the prison yard well i look at it two ways i look at i i kind of look at it as a little bit with roman reigns and him him you know escaping from the shield that's how i look at it who hangs out in the prison yard all of the inmates yeah uh, true and, and so where do all of the inmates hang out in the wwe in the locker room and in the lock, the locker room is the yard. And in that yard was a big dog. So breaking out of the walls, yes, breaking out of that cell that he believed the WWE had him in. But even breaking out of a cell, he has to get through the yard also. And the yard is the locker room. Because you also, in the yard of a prison, you got a lot of guys gunning for you. You got guys that want to shank you. You got guys that are smiling to your face and stabbing you in the back. That's what the prison yard is. 
it's so funny because you know we're looking at this and we're reading into it and then he finally escapes he's through the yard he hops the fence over the barbed wire and then he's through a town and it's late at night so there's nobody on the streets in this town and he's walking past a bar and on the side of the bar it says viper room and you know you can read into that if you will viper with a snake and then there's dice Maybe throwing to double or nothing that's taking place at the end of this month, Bully. And also the numbers on the dice add up to 25. Double or nothing is the 25th of May. All I know is I'm going to play Lotto later. (laughs) How about the barbed wire? What is the barbed wire uh, an innuendo for? What does it insinuate? Well, to me, that's kind of like a throwback to, to John Moxley, and especially with the blood. And you're seeing like the blood and you're seeing like just spattering of, you know, of different, you know, trash on the ground and the blood is spattering over, you know, butted out cigarettes and and cups and cans and things like that. And seeing the blood, that's so very un-WWE like, but if anybody knows John Moxley prior to becoming Dean Ambrose, I mean, there wasn't a, a John Moxley match that you didn't see where he was bleeding. So that kind of, to me, is a, a bit of a throwback to his pre-WWE days. Absolutely. And then I love the, you know, with the dice. We're, we're on board 100%, bud, when it comes to what we think this video means. But now I'm going to roll a grenade into the room. Go ahead. Lots of people, not a few people, lots of people on the old social media are saying, oh no, this is just a repackaging. This is just a rebranding. This is going to be his new character in the WWE. Your thoughts? No chance. And we kind of were. You mean no chance in hell, pal? No chance in hell, pal, is exactly what I'm saying. Because, bully, think about it. First of all, on just on the surface, would there be a WWE production piece that would involve blood in this quote-unquote PG era? I cannot tell you the last time I saw that in a production piece. That would be consciously using blood to convey a message. I don't know the last time I saw the WWE consciously use blood. Actually, the last time I saw it is when Brock busted randy orton's head open and that and that is during a match and you can you know and and as we know there's been bloodshed in matches in the wwe whether that was on purpose or not who knows but we're talking about a production piece that they took time in making painstakingly piecing this together if it was a quote-unquote wwe production piece and i can't tell you i i know for a fact bully they would not use blood in a production piece it wasn't just a drop of blood it was like a, a nice spattering of blood like he was gigged to the gills uh yeah can't see a pg company even a pg 13 company who's very careful about what they do showing that in a production piece now that's on the surface but let's really think about about it bullying and dive in deep let's just say the some of the people that are, are are commenting on our page are correct let's just say this is a wwe production and you know what the wwe said goodbye to dean ambrose at the end of april and now it's may and they're going to reintroduce him as a new character would they really introduce him with a name that he had prior coming to the wwe all of that equity that has been built up in the Dean Ambrose name 
would now be gone. Yep. He would be basically starting from day one as a new character, new action figures, new T-shirts, new everything. So what do we do with Dean Ambrose now? They have invested entirely too much money. Now, am I saying that it can't happen? Absolutely not. Not. Because if there's anything that I have learned, and I believe we have learned when it comes to the world of WWE, anything can be done because it's the world of sports entertainment. If Vince McMahon is willing to blow up limos and turn over tractor trailers and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get Braun Strowman over in a three-minute segment, what's to say that he might not decide to scrap uh, 10 years of the building up of a character and start to do something new? Do I think that's what's going to happen? Absolutely freaking not. But. We have seen in the past that Vince is willing to spend money to make more money, right? Yes. If Here's my problem with the whole situation. If I saw John Moxley pop up onto WWE TV next week, I wouldn't have a problem with all the money was spent and, and, and the different road they took me down. My problem is, who the hell is he going to work with? Because at the end of the day, if you put a tuxedo on a pig, it's still a pig. I'm yep. not calling Dean a pig, but it's the same thing wrapped in a different suit. What's he going to do? Feud with Roman? Feud with Seth? Feud with Ricochet? I mean, what we saw last night was so new. It was so fresh. It was so different. It was invigorating. It was entertaining. My God, the amount of retweets and likes this freaking guy got got. Oh, you know, overnight, and here we are. We're on a on a Wednesday when we would normally be all, uh, talking about SmackDown Live, and now we're talking about Mox. To think that he's going to go back there, I, I'm not on board with that. No, and, and let's face it. Let's just say it was. They're repackaging him, and he's now John Moxley, and 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 Dean Ambrose is dead, and it's now Mox. How long would it take for him to just fall back into that Dean Ambrose category? He would be kind of, after a month, almost identical to the guy that you saw prior to him leaving. Again, there's parameters. There's only certain things that you can do within the world of the WWE. I mean, you know, how much crazier could John Moxley be than what Dean Ambrose was on WWE television. I mean, there's only certain ways and certain directions you could go because it is a publicly traded company and it is a PG product. And and a, and a publicly traded company isn't going to want a character as extreme as John Moxley. You know, I always said that this guy reminded me of a nice uh, of a nice cross between Terry Funk and Atsushi Onita, and I think that's what we're going to get from him no matter where he ends up. If I had a better dollar, I'd say he ended up in AEW. Would I love to see him in Ring of Honor? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think I don't think New Japan it would be the right fit. I think we can all agree that if he is truly leaving, AEW feels like the best fit and probably is going to be able to offer him comparable money. Yes. And the other thing, too, really quick, as far as the John Moxley name and if he is possibly staying in the WWE, you would think, Bully, just for economic reasons, they wouldn't change it to John Moxley. But the other reason is this, Bully. You know... Listen, fans are smart. So say they are, they're not familiar with John Moxley. What are they going to do? They're going to go to Google. They're going to put in the name John Moxley. And guess what? 
hit enter and look at the videos that come up about John Moxley. That's again not what the WWE would want their fans looking at. And 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 what's it to say that they don't get in front of certain audiences and they just start chanting "Let's go Ambrose"? Yeah, there's so many things that could go wrong with it. Um, and, and last night was very suspicious. There are there are people that are saying, and I don't know this for a fact, but I, there are a lot of people saying that. Uh, his contract uh, ended at midnight last night. And then, like I said, I saw the tweet at 12.05 a.m. Wednesday morning. So uh, if, if you were going to break free, that's the exact moment to do it because your contract is up. You are free and clear. Break the walls down. Get out of prison and start your new journey. Now, I do have to throw out the other side because there are fans like you said that think that this is still him being a part of the WWE let's not forget what we just saw just a few weeks ago when it comes to Dean Ambrose he got the heroes goodbye you know that's something that we talked about bully that never happens I mean here's a guy now that's still in the prime of his career he's gonna move on to a different company I can't picture the WWE sending a guy off like this knowing that at 12.05, five minutes after his contract is up, he's going to sign with a different company. It sounds suspicious, and I think that's why a lot of fans are speculating that he might not truly be gone. My only logical explanation for that is the WWE is playing it very safe just in case Dean ever were to decide to come back. They don't want to leave a bad taste in his mouth. Renee is going to be staying in WWE. So let's do the right thing by him. Because let's say he splits for a year or three years or whatever. If he were to ever come back, we can always throw the shield back together in an instant. And that act is over and at the top of the card in the snap of a finger. If he leaves on bad terms with a bad taste in his mouth, then maybe he never wants to come back or maybe... Maybe the relationship is always strained. That's just the logical on the surface reason that I could come up with as to why they gave him that send off. Well, bully, let the speculation begin. The busted open podcast. Somebody tweeted that when he first went on it this morning, uh, John Moxley's Twitter, Twitter account, it still had a link to WWE.com. Alex Metz, I believe that has changed over the course of the last couple hours. Yeah, so uh, I did a little investigative work Interesting. here. And Conspiracy theorist. Here we go. So, <laughs> uh, a lot of people tweeting us screenshots of the John Moxley Twitter page, and underneath where it said professional.wrestler, there was a link to WWE.com slash superstars slash Dean Ambrose. Now, that is because... Dean Ambrose had a Twitter account. He never used it. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't have the blue check mark, so it wasn't verified. This was the old John Moxley Twitter account that he kept when he went to FCW and eventually the Shields when it went to WWE. This is the same account. So when it changed to John Moxley and the blue check mark got added and all the tweets were deleted from years ago and the video was posted, the link from his old bio page was still there that has since been removed yeah and now it says professional dot wrestler period the only tweet on his twitter page right now is the video so i mean take it for what you i mean to me that would be a clear sign that he separated himself from the wwe the fact that that has now completely been washed off his twitter account and one final note on the twitter page 
the uh, video that was posted that we've all been talking about all morning. It was posted at 12.05 last night. It has 1 million views. I was just about to say that. You stole my thought. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. 999,000 views. Maybe your Twitter's faster than mine. But my Twitter I, I got the upgraded Twitter machine. <laughs> I got nitrous on my Twitter machine. So, so think about that. It hasn't even been up for nine and a half hours and already has a million views. That's incredible to me. And the fact that the nine and a half hours that you're talking about is overnight. It's, so got, it, as many, it's got as many views as the third hour of Raw. Think about that. You, you know what, Bully? Sadly, you're not that far off because the third hour of Raw on Monday fell below two million. So you're not that far off, my friend. Oh, man. Well, hey, listen, this is exciting. We're talking about it. And the crazy thing is, I think that we, I think we would be underwhelmed if he was going to go back. I think we want to see the version of Dean Ambrose that we saw before he was Dean Ambrose. I think we want to see John Moxley. We want to see this guy break out as we saw in the video. Listen, it's quite obvious to me that that guy is the guy that put that video together. Uh, I spent a year with him. Was I best friends with him? No. Was I friends with him? No. We were coworkers and acquaintances. But every once in a while, we would talk. And the things that we talked about were always what happened before WWE. His wrestling likes before WWE. And what you're seeing in that video is what he wants to do with his career. He's a blood and gut guts guy. He's an extreme guy. He's an edgy guy. And I, I think that's where we're going to get for, from him outside of the WWE. Because the guy we see in this video, I don't think can exist in the world of WWE. It can't. And and listen, I understand. And, this is, and we're going to get to the nation. Because I'm sure there's a lot of Dean Ambrose fans that are probably upset today. You know, there's probably fans that really love Dean Ambrose in the WWE. And they don't know who this John Moxley is. And they're just upset that one of their favorite superstars is gone from the WWE. And I can understand. Understand that now for me who is a fan of John Moxley before going to the WWE I mean I was at his final match at BB Kings here in New York City before he left to go to you know to Florida to start training for the WWE now when we saw the shield bully it was completely different and you know what I think we all love the shield but when he became Dean Ambrose and broke away from the shield, it was like a completely watered down version of not only John Moxley, but a watered down version of what he was with the shield. So as frustrated as Dean was or John was or whatever we're going to call him, like I'm sure he was frustrated, but his fans are probably as frustrated as he was. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think the fans can possibly understand what it's like to be a guy like Dean and, and walk around frustrated and, and I'll, I'll even use the word unhappy for as long as he did, <clears throat> excuse me, showing up to work every day and being portrayed as something that you just can't sink your teeth into anymore. There were many, many times where I watch that guy wrestle, and I'm like, he's going through the motions. 
it was very, very obvious. And I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way towards him. You could tell there was nothing for him. There was no fire under his ass. You tell me that video doesn't show a guy with a fire lit under his ass. Because he's going to have something to prove. And to your point, Bully, there is a lot of people, and I was one of them, that thought he was going through the motions in his match at WrestleMania 32 in front of over 100,000 fans. Is that with the one with Brock? Yes. Okay, yeah, I don't think that he was into that match. And I'm not sure if he wasn't into the ma- match because he just thought that Brock was going to kill him or because there might not have been any organized uh, discussion beforehand. He might have been going out there blind. And I'm not sure that Brock was the biggest fan of Dean. I think Brock looked at Brock looked at Dean as lazy. Hey, we we've talked we talked a little bit about his sit down with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and at that time, and that was right around the time of WrestleMania 31. I don't know if Stone Cold Steve Austin was the biggest fan of Dean Ambrose at that you, time. You can infer that from watching that that piece. But you just said something that was really interesting. You said that Dean Ambrose appears, or John Moxley appears, like he has something to prove. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Two other people have used that exact same term. Who was it? Cody would be one. No, okay. Cody's not the one that's popping into my mind. Who's popping into your mind? JR and Chris Jericho. Yep. Jericho said it on a show. And so did JR. They, they feel like they have something to prove. Now you bring in Cody also. I'm sure Dustin thinks that he has something to prove. Look at all these people who are using the same terminology, something to prove, something to prove, something to prove, when it all refers back to the same place, the WWE. It's like, man, you won't let me do what I'm good at, so now I'm going to go prove to you and the world that this is what I can do and why I was worth so much more. And when I mean so much more, I don't necessarily mean so much more financially. I mean so much more from your creative team i don't think any of those guys are bitching and moaning about money okay i don't think dean was upset about the money or chris was upset about the money or anything like that it's just letting those guys get out there and run well i'm sure too bully like you know a john moxley who was on the indie scene it was at you know ccw and and evolve and all these other organizations you know he probably did not have a king's ransom in his bank account Hell, he probably didn't even have a bank account. Then he goes to the WWE and gets the money. And I'm sure that that was great. And I'm sure he busted his ass to be able to start making some financial security, which is awesome for him. But once you have that financial security, I'm sure if money's not going to drive you, then it's going to be your will to do what you always dreamed about doing. And if that's the case, and he was unhappy with the WWE, and his contract is up, and he did business the right way, finishing out his contract, hell, man, he deserves to have this moment right now. And what did I say last week? If he could go to another company and get comparable money to the WWE and be the version of himself that he wants to be, that's the best of both worlds. How could you not? And he knows he has an ace up his sleeve. The ace up his sleeve is that WWE let him let him out on good terms. So I'm going to go where I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to be who I want. And if it doesn't work out, I can always pick up the phone and go, hey, you guys want to put the shield back together? And what do you think WWE is going to say? 
They what? didn't say yes in a heartbeat. Cool. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That, that, so, it, it really, the way Dean left is a win-win for the WWE and Dean. And I will say this. I will put an asterisk next to what I just said. If Dean left, there's always that little chance that this is a grandiose work by WWE and he's staying. But if it was... The people, the traditional people on creative would not be involved in this. This is next level creative. This is Heyman-esque stuff. I'm not saying that it is, but if it, but if you had to ask me, Bubba, who's responsible for this time of stuff? Who's responsible for that video? Who's responsible for that kind of timing? Who's responsible for that kind of send-off? That's something Paul would do because it's very forward-thinking. He's not thinking about tomorrow. He's thinking about a year from now. And look at what he did with Taz and Sabu. It wasn't about tomorrow. It was about a year from now. All I'm doing is making a case for if he was staying. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Something that was overlooked over the last 10 hours was something that Dana White said last night, and that's the future of Brock Lesnar in the UFC. And according to Dana White, not that he's ever swerved us before, but the career of Brock Lesnar in the UFC is now over. Your thoughts? Um, I think I actually called it. I think when we talked about Brock's future outside of WrestleMania 35, I didn't think he was going back to the UFC. So to hear that from Dana White, I got to be honest, I'm not surprised. Um, I, I really don't. Brock and UFC doesn't really do anything for me other than the fact that if it makes Brock happy, then I'm happy for Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you told me that Brock Lesnar was going to fight Conor McGregor, I mean, obviously that can't happen. That I'd pay to see just because it's a spectacle. It's an attraction. But Bro- is there really anybody that you want to see Brock fight? I mean, I know we've had Daniel Cormier on before, and we thought that's the d- the direction that they were going in. But if this fight doesn't happen, do you feel disappointed? No, I don't. I- I'd much rather see Brock Lesnar um, doing something with WWE. Hell, Seth Rollins went on record and say he would said he would give Brock a rematch. And I think that's the biggest thing. Listen, Bully, we talked about it. We've done shows about Brock Lesnar and, you know, the part-time champion, and he makes such rare appearances as champion. Well, now he's no longer champion. So Brock coming back and challenging Seth Rollins for that Universal Championship, especially after the match that we saw at WrestleMania 35 that started WrestleMania 35, that excites me. Again, I'm not an MMA fan. Now, judging from what I hear from Mother Marissa and a lot of the MMA fans and what Luke Thomas says on our air on Fight Nation, I don't know if MMA fans were that excited about Brock coming back. Understandably, it's big business for UFC because Brock Brock is big business. But I don't think MMA fans were that excited. I think his home should be the WWE, and I would love for Brock Lesnar to embrace that as his future. Hey, if we're not going to have that UFC cloud looming 
over Brock Lesnar's head, I would be interested to see what Brock would do as a WWE performer, knowing that he's not going back to MMA. I think that we all see um, how special Brock was for and to that WWE championship now. Brock was presented in a certain way. But I just want to get back to the whole UFC thing for one second. Sure. With Cormier, if if Brock really is going to retire, as you said, it would be big business for UFC, and it'd probably be a hell of a payday for Cormier. Do you think Cormier can talk enough shit to get Brock to decide to get in the octagon with him? Well, what I'll do is I'll I'll give him an open invitation to come on Busted Open and do just that. Because I'll ask you, I don't know Daniel Cormier. He was a guest here. He was a guest here on Busted Open on a day that I was out. So I've never even had the opportunity to speak to him. You know Brock a hell of a lot more than anybody listening to this show does. Do you think that Brock is the type of guy, if somebody was talking shit, could he could he get under Brock's skin enough to say, you know what, I am going to come back for one more fight at the UFC? I'm really 50-50 on this because Brock is does is really good at tuning out the rest of the world and just doing what Brock wants to do. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody get under Brock's skin before. Um, and I could be wrong. I have like a Conor McGregor. I could see a guy like that talking so much smack that Brock would be forced to come out of retirement if he does retire or forced to get into the octagon just to smack that guy around. But Conor McGregor has a bigger platform, whether it's his social media or anybody willing to put a microphone in front of his face just to get a soundbite sound bite from him. Can Daniel Cormier do that? I don't know. I mean, uh, he, he, might, he might bark all day long, and Brock is just going to say, hey, man, I'm up here on my 2,500-acre uh, ranch, and I can't hear you, and I'm going to choose not to hear you. And, you know, yeah, he does a good job of completely disconnecting himself from the outside world. We've heard Paul Heyman say that all the time. Is, is, there, a, is there a little bit of a UFC fan in you? Do you like it at all? Did you ever like it? Well, I, I actually used to produce a show here on Sirius XM called Fight Club, which was an MMA slash boxing show. So I tried as hard as I could to get into it. I, I, I guess you could call me a casual observer. At, at the best of times, I was a casual observer. I think what's affected me over the last couple of years, Bully, is the fact that MMA fans you know, hate on pro wrestling so, show, so much that it's kind of got me negative about the world of MMA, so I haven't really let myself watch any of their events over the last couple of years. I respect it. Obviously, a big part of Fight Nation is our MMA programming, and I'm a fan of Luke Thomas, who does, does the show after us, and I'm a big fan of MMA Junkie, but I mean, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember the last time I watched an MMA fight. So I just want to tap into the casual fan because that's, at the very least, that's what we have when it comes to you. You're a casual fan. Does the casual fan in you have any desire to see Daniel Cormier versus Brock Lesnar? No. Not even the casual fan? No. All right. Well, then there you go. And the, and the, and the reason I'm going to say that, and pre people are like, are you nuts? No, because I'm a wrestling fan and I, and I, and I can't take my wrestling fan hat off. Because Brock means too too much to the world of the WWE. And I know maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because you know 
how much of a, I did dislike him being the universal champion and being a part-time champion. But Brock being outside of the world of MMA now and being a WWE performer, maybe he ups his schedule a little bit. You know, and again, Brock isn't a champion. So that intrigues me. And as far as I know, Daniel Cormier is at the end of his career as well, right? I think he only has one more fight in him. So would the MMA world want Daniel Cormier's last fight to be against Brock Lesnar? Or is there somebody else that would be a better fit for him? And don't you think there'd be tremendous value to having Brock Lesnar on Fox when SmackDown goes to Fox? Yes. I mean, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. We talked about earlier about the star power. I mean, uh, when I when I look into the future, when it comes to the WWE, I don't see stars on the same level of Brock Lesnar. Maybe Roman Reigns, maybe Seth Rollins, but that's just two names. Brock's a huge star, and he still brings a lot to the table. Just name notoriety. I'm sure Fox would love to have him around. And you just mentioned about the part-time schedule. If Brock was not going to fight in the UFC... I would like him to see him have, I would say, double the schedule that he has now. So let's just say that, what did Brock have, like 25 dates a year? Something like that. Okay, so Brock, give me 50 dates a year. That's a far cry from the 300 a year that the, you know that the, the almost the entire roster has. So give me Brock back. Give me him on SmackDown. Give me him on Fox. I think I'm into that. Yeah, and you brought up something that we don't talk a lot about here on Busted Open because we look at our world and the world of pro wrestling, and we're kind of in a bubble. But when you're dealing with Fox, you got to look outside that bubble. And you just said name recognition. Let's be honest, okay? Not in our world, not in the world of pro wrestling, but mainstream. Who are the names that are now in the WWE that are mainstream names? Nobody. I agree. There really isn't. You don't have the crossover anymore. And that's what I mean about those superstars. John Cena is the last of the Mohicans. Now, listen, uh, Roman is about to be in a movie with Rocky, right? In the new uh, Fast and Furious or Hobbs Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, it's a part of the franchise, yes. That might propel him into that realm. It might. It might. Because here's the thing. Speaking right now, today... May May 1st, 2019. John Cena is really not, I wouldn't consider him a part of the roster. Um, I mean, we didn't even see John Cena in a match at WrestleMania 35. He's an attraction. He's an attraction. You look at the two big champions in the WWE, Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston. I love Kofi Kingston. I think with work, he could be a face for SmackDown, but right now... He is not a mainstream name. Seth Rollins, huge name in the world of pro wrestling. He's not a mainstream name. And I'm going to be honest. Becky Lynch coming out of that historic main event match at WrestleMania 35 and winning and being Becky Two Belts, she is not a mainstream name. Yes, she did a couple of hits on ESPN and some morning shows leading up to WrestleMania 35. She is not a mainstream name. Now, Charlotte... Probably comes the closest of anyone, but let's face it, that's because she's the daughter of Ric Flair. And again, this is not a disrespect to any name. I'm talking mainstream names where, you know, Joe Schmo and, you know, 
such and such housewife that doesn't watch pro wrestling on a weekly basis? What are the names that are on this roster that they would know? And Bully, you answered the question. There isn't any. So Ronda Rousey is now gone. You need Brock Lesnar back when you move to Fox in October. I'm just going to take three names that you mentioned. You tell me who's the bigger star. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. It's crazy, isn't it? I agree. There's something about the way she is presenting herself and the way she carries herself that I have that perception that she's the biggest star in the company right now. She is. But, but, but why do I feel that way? I'm asking you. She ha- Bully, you said it earlier in the show. What did you say when you described that segment with when, Becky and Bailey? When I see Charlotte out there, I see a woman, a woman amongst girls. And I can't disagree with you. She's on a different plane than everyone else. Hell, maybe the WWE made the wrong decision. Maybe Charlotte Flair should have won that match at WrestleMania 35. Because maybe Charlotte Flair would have been all over mainstream media if she was the champion coming out of MetLife Stadium. I'm just throwing it out there. Because, and, and, and Bully, I know now in 2019... Hey, people consume pro wrestling in a different way, blah, blah, blah. Have you seen the ratings since WrestleMania 35? Hell, the biggest quarter for the WWE bully is usually the quarter that involves the build to WrestleMania and WrestleMania. According to the press conference that the WWE had as far as their earnings, you had a $20 drop when it came to the stock of the WWE. The ratings are as bad as they've ever been. There was a 21% drop in merchandise and there's a drop in live events. So on, on a business level, strictly a business level, was it the right decision to have Becky go over at WrestleMania 35? If you want to go to hard facts and numbers, you just made a case for why the answer would be no. And, and again, you got to look- the numbers don't lie, right? They're you, the only tangible thing we have to go off of. You got to look past our bubble of the wrestling world. You, fandom. Yes. You got to look past fandom. You got to look past fandom. You got to look outside of our bubble. If you're Fox right now, if you're an executive at Fox, and I'm and Bully, I'm sure whatever executives were behind the move to have the WWE come to Fox in the first place, there was probably a wall that they had to climb over. There's a certain mystique about pro wrestling, whether it's right or wrong. I know I had to deal with it when it came to Sirius XM. Okay, so if you're an executive at Fox right now and you're preparing for SmackDown to move over. To your, to your network in October, you can't be happy with the signs that are coming out of that company over the last couple of months. You can't be. You have, you have no mainstream names. You're lacking star power. The ratings are, are declining. Hey, I'll even throw in SmackDown. SmackDown for a long time was steady. They didn't get very high, but they didn't get very low. Over Since WrestleMania 35, the ratings for SmackDown has been on a steep decline. And Raw has been on a steep decline. So if you're an executive at Fox right now, you cannot be happy. I don't think anybody's hitting the panic button. I agree Brock would be a huge addition to the SmackDown roster. 
I always, you know, whenever we have fans call in about panic, about, oh, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings, I always tell people, pump the brakes. It's the hard numbers, so, you know, dollars and, dollars and cents that matter. And I think for the first time, we're seeing those dollars and cents kick in, whether it's with the stock, network subscriptions. There are some, quote, cracks in the wall now when it, when it comes to the business model. I don't think the WWE is in any jeopardy, but there are some telltale signs that things aren't as good as they were. Would that be accurate, Dave? That's very accurate. I want to get back to the the Charlotte thing real quick. Charlotte being a woman amongst girls, do you think that's an unfair comment to the the rest of the women? No, I don't think it it is. But she just carries herself in a different way. I, I just think... Maybe maybe the wording, I don't know. It's just that she has superstar written all over her. I don't know if the rest the rest of the roster right now. Now maybe if it's played differently, it, it, we'd be talking about a different story. But I don't know if any other the other women right now have that superstar aura about them like Charlotte Flair does. Okay, so maybe it's better to say that she's a superstar amongst stars. Okay, I'll go with that. Now we got we got a tweet that I I, I want to get your take on, and this is, comes from Brandon Speck, and he says, "Small sample size, but I've had a couple of non wrestling fans recognize Becky from stickers on my laptop. With the right push, she has the potential. Right push. I mean, they made her. She was in the main event at WrestleMania 35, and she won both titles." I'm out. How much of a stronger push can you give Becky Lynch other than that? There is zero. If you were to ask me, hey, we want to make Becky Lynch and we want to make her the biggest star we possibly can, what should we do? What could be done different? My answer would have been put her in the main event of WrestleMania. And that's exactly what they did. I don't know what else they could do. I think they're they're going in the right direction with her and Lacey. I'm invested in that story. And one of the things that I said coming out of WrestleMania was what's going to be next for Becky. Because when it comes to wrestling, you have the chase versus the carry. Mm-hmm. Lots of people can chase, but many people can't carry. You can emotionally chase that championship, which Becky did, but can she carry that championship after the chase is over? I think Lacey Evans is a really good opponent for Becky Lynch. I like the chemistry between Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch because it's reminiscent of the chemistry of Becky and Charlotte, and we know Becky and Charlotte worked. And when I compare Lacey to Charlotte, I only compare her in stature and, and and athleticism. Charlotte is a superior worker, but we still have to give Lacey time because she doesn't have the reps under her belt that Charlotte does, correct? No, you 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 got to give her some time. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, Becky and Charlotte, you got to go back to NXT and as far as, you know, what they were able to do and how they were perceived as stars coming out, that that would be unfair to Lacey Evans. I think that I'm in some ways more intrigued by the one-on-one matchup between Becky and Lacey than I would have been in Becky versus Ronda. That's just me. 
So, and I agree with you. Lacey is the perfect opponent for Becky Lynch right now. But she also is also having another match at Money in the Bank against Charlotte. I don't, and we, we just saw Becky beat Bailey on, on live TV. And she has both titles and she was in a main event at WrestleMania. I, I, I don't know how you can push her any stronger than that. Okay, but let me ask you this. You just said you don't know how you could push her any stronger than that. If Becky beats Charlotte and beats Lacey and comes out of Money in the Bank as still the champ champ, is that force feeding? I don't think it's force feeding, but then what do you do with Becky coming out of that? I, I, I don't think it's possible for her win, to win both those matches because then what's the story moving forward? Who's Who would be her opponent? She just beat Charlotte. That story's over. She just beat Lacey, so that story's over. She just beat Bailey on TV and made her tap out. Asuka's part of a tag team. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.